0: Hello and welcome to a special emergency edition of the Ringer NBA show. My name is Logan Murdoch. I'm a staff writer with the Ringer, and I'm joined, as always, by fake weight staff writer. I don't know if he's written a thing. He wants to be one.
1: That's an honorary title. That's what I thought. That was my understanding of
0: it. He hasn't written a, a, an article, a rundown, anything, but he's here. Former NBA player, <laughs> former lockdown
1: defender, Raja Bell. What's good, man? I'm chilling, man. I did, however, write an essay for a sixth grade class earlier today, so I got that going for me, which is okay. nice. I don't know.
0: It didn't get published on a, on a site, so we're not... True. Okay. We are We are, we are here <laughs> on the heels of a big announcement. Yeah. Steve Nash, future Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, is the coach, new coach
1: of the Brooklyn Nets. What is going on, man? Hey, listen... I think it's 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 a good it's a good pairing with him and KD. You know as well as anybody um that that there was a pre-existing relationship. Steve was a player development consultant for Golden State. He spent a lot of time with Kevin Durant as I would talk to him over the years about his experiences in Golden State, like not just learning from Steve Kerr and, and those guys, but who specifically he was working with in Golden State. And it always KD was always you know, like one of the names that, that he said a lot. Uh when I thought he'd be working with the guards. So that relationship and then you Sean Marks played with us in in Phoenix. So there's a real there's a real respect there as well. So I, I think it, it made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, man. And uh just quick disclaimer, we are part of the Ringer Podcast Network and Spotify. We're gonna be talking about Nash. We're gonna get into some game seven talk. Uh Rockets Thunder. That was a that was a game. Uh in the pre in the in the uh Pre pod meeting, me and uh, Raja almost came to virtual blows about this game. We will get to that subject in a in a, in a, in a second, but I do want to get instant reaction on this uh, this Nash. He got a, this Nash to Brooklyn Nets. He got a four year deal. I gotta say, I, it's a li- it's a little troubling to me a little bit, Raja. I, I want to get to this real real cl- real um, real quick before we get to uh, you know kind of breaking this down, but. Nash, who has no coaching experience, absolutely no coaching experience. He was a consultant with the Golden State Warriors during my time on the beat. But this was kind of a surprise to a lot of people in the league when you have, especially under the current climate, we're talking about equality and talking about all these things. I'm going to read you a list of coaches that, black coaches that are very qualified that didn't get a a fair, in my opinion, a fair shake at this job. You talk about a guy like Ty Lue, who was, who won a championship in his first year um, as coach of the Cavaliers. Has co-signs from Doc Rivers. Was, tuto- uh, ha- was tutored under Phil Jackson. Um, you got M. A. Udoka, who has the Pop co-sign. You have Jack Vaughn, who pl- who coached really well um, in the bubble and had those uh, Brooklyn Nets playing really hard down the stretch. Also a disciple of Pop.
1: David Vanterpool, one of my good friends and CBA teammates, out there in Minnesota. Yeah, the lot, yeah. yeah I hear
0: you. Uh, Nate Nate McMillan played, uh, coached his ass off in Indiana. Alvin Gentry, you have all these coaches who, we as you know, it's it's very hard for a black coach to get and keep a job. And during this climate, and I know Nash has been, you know, for all intents and purposes, has been an ally to the to 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 uh, black causes and things like that. But it's not, it's not a great visual when you're for a league that's speaking on um, Black Lives Matter and we're going to have um, equality within the coaching ranks. And then this is one of the first big time hires that happens. I, I just, I think you have to vet a lot, a lot more. This is not 2014 um, when you can get a guy just off and, it, and no one's really going to bat an eye like that. I think that there should have been more vetting, and I think that Zach. Jack Vaughn should have gotten more than just saying, "Oh, good job." You should have. You can be the lead assistant right now. And I'm. I don't know if Nash is going to do a good job. I don't know what he's going to do, but I think Jack Vaughn deserved a lot more than just being like, "Okay, good job." Now go be the lead assistant.
1: Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, there there are a lot of qualified black candidates and white candidates for that matter grinding in the NBA trying to. Hopefully, one day become an NBA head coach. So, you know, I can't argue with what you said there. I what I what I do know is the relationships that preexisted, the ones that I just talked about, they had to factor into that. And for sure, Steve. Although, and you touched on it, like clearly not black. Like Steve is as down as as any ally you're gonna find. Like that's, and not just because he's my man, but because he puts like words to action like you could go see what he does like he he walks it and he talks it too um i he is just a really really smart basketball mind and a smart dude so you know I, when you when you put those two things together for me and then you add real relationships that make sense like i trust that steves going to do a really good job with that i can't argue i don't have a defense for the other side like i'm not the one sitting behind the doors in brooklyn and i and i and i I want to validate those feelings, dog, because they're they're real. Like I think it's a it's a real thing. I'm uh, sure I, Steve I would even feel Steve, that way
0: too. You Steve, know what I'm yeah, saying? Steve, you know what I mean. Like if, if we deal. had this conversation, he'd probably be like, "You're you're right." You
1: know, know, know what me? I mean? But he's going. He he is the type of guy like you. I spent a lot of time with Steve. Uh, his interests are are like broad. Like he's 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 into like
0: very b- eclectic dude. B-
1: very eclectic dude, but very you know very into what he's doing and very bright. So whatever he's doing, he's doing really well. Um, and you know, he was just a savant on the basketball court anyway. So I, I do think that his time in golden state is going to be very, very valuable. He'll be able to lean on those experiences being around the Steve Kurz of the world and his coaching staff. I know Steve was soaking that up. So that's all going to help him, you know, in the endeavor.
0: How was it? Uh, you know, I, I was around Steve a little bit in golden state. He would come up as a consultant and. In- Uh, particularly work out with Kevin Durant, which I think is a, um, was honestly a, a didn't hurt him for getting this job, you know, and him and Steve were uh, very close working out together at UCLA and um, a lot of the drills that Kevin does for balance. um, And that's a, that has a lot to do with Steve Kerr. I mean, Steve, Steve Nash and, um, and, and uh, Bruce Fraser. So, he does have a built-in rapport right there. But how was it? Did you have any inkling that he would be a head coach? You know, you were a teammate of him. Did you think that this was possible 10 years ago? <laughs>
1: um, I, listen, I didn't know that that Steve would ever want to be a head coach in the NBA. It's a grind. It is a 24-7, like, all-encompassing type of gig. I did know that if Steve wanted to, that he'd have a lot of the qualities that that good coaches have. Um number 1 like he sees the game in a way that not everybody can see the game and a lot of great ones see it like that but a lot of them can't communicate to you someone who doesn't see it that way how they see it and steve was always able to do that like if we'd be you know in practice the day after a game and you know situations had occurred in the game that we went over in film you know i always felt like i could go to steve and be like hey man like what did you see there like talk to me about like when you're going through that, what are what are you what are you looking for, and how did you know that that was? And most good players can see those plays; they can't articulate them to you in a way that you then see them, right? And so, his ability to communicate and and again the IQ, I always thought he'd be good at it if he wanted to do it. But I'm a I'm like I didn't Logan, I didn't know that that he would want to post career sign up um, for the grind of an NBA season. Now, I I had heard recent rumblings. That he may be interested in coming back to the NBA in some capacity. Re- I mean, I didn't would, I, What are you going to do? Like, everybody, look. I think you opened up a can of worms here, Roger. Just kidding. Hey, listen, there's a window, right? Like, you're getting older. Like, there are things that you want to accomplish in your life that if they've always been on the back burner, maybe, like, sometimes you have to honor them and say, hey, I'm going to do it now before, you know, it's too late in the game. And so, I don't know. So, you're sal- telling me you heard rumblings of this, Raja? I'm telling you, I, I, I heard that Steve was interested in being in the NBA in some capacity, brother. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, that kind of that it kind of it kind of yeah. showed
1: Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? Oh yeah. That's huh? what I'm telling you. Go ahead, bro. Okay. All right. Hey, let me, be- let, all right. Let me let me What was your impression of Steve um as 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 like a not the teacher that that I was talking about or that you were talking about with KD, but personality wise, like coaches have to have a certain type of personality. Like, did you get any experience with him in terms of personality type and how you think that'll translate into coaching at the NBA level?
0: Everybody at the Golden State Warriors loved Steve Nash, like loved him. Even, even last year when, you know, you talk about the Jordan Pools and you talk about um, some of the... And I don't want to disrespect NBA players, but guys that you might not know, right? Like sure. we, we saw the Golden State Warriors last year. Even that, he gave them, you know, grace and was a, a helpful, you know, eye for them. And um, so in, but I, I think though, like Steve was only there for a little bit. He only came, you know, every few months and stuff to kind of consult and things like that.
1: Yeah, the perfect gauge.
0: Um, the per- perfect gig. We'll get yeah. that in a second. Perfect gig, especially for a guy um, like Nash. One of the things that I'm kind of grappling with is the precedent for superstar uh, players going into head coaching roles. Um, you know, we we talk about back in the day with Magic Johnson, who, you know, didn't do well as a Lakers coach, right, When during his stretch. And I think one of the reasons why he didn't do well is because... You have this expectation as a superstar that guys need to get to a certain level, right? And I think this is why superstar coaches haven't worked historically, is because they see, you know, they can erase a lot of people's mistakes with how good they are, right? And they don't see, you know, a lot of the stuff that role players have to go through, right? And I think that that's why Steve Kerr does really well, did, did really well. Because he has compassion for everyone, right he has compassion for all these guys, particularly the role players. is Steve going to be able to do that being that he's a superstar and played at a, such a high level and you just said, you know he has the, this crazy IQ that not a lot of people have. can he be humble enough and gracious enough to bring a lot these other guys along with him
1: It's great it's a great question um, <clears throat> I, I think that he can number one, um, <clears throat> Steve was cut more from the cloth of Steve Kerr than he was from LeBron, Michael Jordan, and Magic. Like mm. those guys were freaky physically, on top of being brilliant minds in the game. Like Steve didn't have the physical gifts necessarily that they had. So um I, I think he can relate to coming into the league, struggling early, having to kind of reinvent himself in his body and really working until he yeah. got to the point of being the Steve Nash that we remember being a multiple time MVP. So that, that grind and ascension as a player, I think he can relate to a guy starting off and maybe not meeting expectations and having to work his way to getting there. Cause that was his journey. Steve knows, I talked to Steve, Steve knows that he is a first time head coach. Like Steve knows that he's got a lot to learn, and that and that he'll need to lean on um, the people around him that have the experience for help in 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 certain instances. He also knows that he has a lot to lend um, to to winning basketball games and 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 um, helping teams win basketball games. And so, I think if you go into it with that mindset, where you're like, "Look, I don't know everything. Yeah. I'm I'm here." kind of hat in hand, telling you I don't know everything, but telling you I have a lot to give to the process. And collectively, we can get this, we can get it done. I think you have an opportunity to get it done. And I think that's the way he's approaching it. So you talk to Steve.
0: What is his overall reaction about this gig? How does he feel about it? What, what was, um yeah. You know, how does he feel being a first-time head, first head coach?
1: The, hey, look, he's really excited. I'm really excited about the roster, the opportunity there in Brooklyn. I mean, the East is you know and at least in my perspective I ain't putting words in Steve's mouth it looks wide open to me i mean you know the, the heat look good boston looks good but if you told me you were going to get a healthy Kyrie and Kevin Durant both firing on all cylinders playing well together i'd take those two with a decent enough roster um so he's excited about that and then then the challenge right like we all we all as as athletes challenges were what you you know lived for and you were getting up for them. And so I, I, I think he's ready to go. So
0: Steve is going into, he's a first time head coach. Hasn't coached. Hasn't been an assistant. He's going into a situation where Kevin want to win a championship. Kyrie want to win a championship. You fired Kenny Agnes in part because it just wasn't the right fit. And you didn't know if they, if he was the one to wanna bring you a championship. So then you go and get an unproven guy who's never done it before. How is he gonna? How is he going to get to the learning curve of one being an NBA head coach and then being an NBA head coach with championship aspirations on a team with championship aspirations? Like I, I, I don't. As you can tell, I'm probably not as high on this. Yeah, this, I, can, I can. This feel higher it. as I most as as people are. I'm just not that. I'm not that high on this higher right now. Well, what, I think what, he needed a little bit more experience.
1: Well, what I would say is. You know, I would reference the guy that you used to cover the most, and Steve Kerr. Like he didn't have any real experience. He at least had experience in the front office, though. Yeah, but Steve's been around that. Like Steve's, you know, we talked about he's been around that building with Golden State for for yeah. a while. Like he's, it's not like he's experienced less. Um, mm-hmm. maybe not the same type of experience, but I, again, I I think number one, understanding who you are in the equation. Um, and Steve does. He understands that, like. This is a, an opportunity, and he doesn't have, you know, NBA coaching experience, and so therefore, you know, his assistants and the people you put around him are going to be really, really valuable, and he will be very, very receptive to their experience, and and and, you know, I think that's where it has to start, right? Like you have to get everyone in that building to understand that. This isn't a my way or the highway approach. That's never been Steve, even as a player, that's not the way he approached it. Right. It was a wee thing. It was like a communication. Like we're a family. I need to know what's going on with you. Like, you know, there's love here for not just you as the player Kyrie or you as the assistant jock, but you as the family man, or, you know, we need to have those relationships. We need to keep a clear line of communication. So no one ever feels like someone's holding something in or is talking behind someone's back. Um, I'm going to be as hands off as I can be in terms of letting talent do what talent does within the structure of how we want to play. But I'm not afraid to hold you accountable. So you're not going to walk over me, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna have a, a, a you know some clear mottos of of how this family's going to run, and we're all going to abide to those or abide by those. And I think he's going to do good, bro. I think he's going to surprise you, and I think real talk, like Jacques Vaughn and the assistants. They're going to play an integral role in his success.
0: I, I do want to go back to it because it seemed like you had a little conversation with Steve. I'm just being my own little journalistic <laughs> self, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being, I'm just, I'm just, right. I'm just doing You're, that. You've discerned that you, from the
1: conversation, bro.
0: I did discern that. Okay, you know the vibes. How much can you share about that convo? Like, how, how much is he excited? What do you think he wants to do? Like, how does that? How do you think he's feeling? How, especially during this time where, where this isn't a normal time to be hired as a head coach.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's some, there's a, some uncertainty. I mean, you know, just, you know, around the COVID situation and what next season looks like. And, you know, you know, there's a, there's some uncertainty that goes along with that. Um, I think there's, again, there's excitement about the possibility. I know he loves the skill sets of the players that they have there, it, it, specifically the ability for a lot of those guys to be creators in an increasingly creative league off the bounce. Like you've got a lot of players there that can make plays. So I think he's you know, excited about that and the potential. Um, defensively, they look like a team that in theory at least should be able to switch a whole lot of stuff, yeah. um, keeping yeah. things in front, right? And I know there's excitement um, that he has about that. And, and then, you know, obviously every roster has areas that they need improvement in. And, and you know, I, this is just my personal belief. And, you know, I, a, I, yeah. I, said, I said it to Steve. I said, look, I think that roster is going to need some sort of enforcer um some sort of some sort of guy that's wait you not, coming out of retirement? Not me sir. Oh but, okay. <laughs> but someone, you know, someone like, you know, I don't know, Andre Iguodala type of player. Like someone who could be in that in that in that locker room, as a vet, maybe not the best player on your team, but really character glue guy that holds guys, does whatever you need him to do down the stretch of games just to tie it all together. And so, you know, but he overall excited, bro. He sounded real excited.
0: Why does everyone love Steve? What is the reason that everyone loves him?
1: I don't know. He's a, he's a dude's dude, man. He's just a good dude. Like a good dude to drink a beer with. Like we talked mm-hmm. before we come on, like, you know, good dude to drink a beer with and watch a soccer game or a basketball game or Can relate to everyone. And, you know, again, I I just use my own personal experience with with Steve. Like, What did he do for you as a leader? He just cared about me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was deeper than just what you can do to get my assist total up. Like, and Mm. he cared about Eddie House, and he cared about Leandro Barbosa. And every team I was on with Steve. What were some examples to show that he cared, though? Like, was he like, what was he doing? Listen, our conversations around, like, when we stretched and whatnot, like... Mm -hmm. They didn't revolve around basketball. They revolved around like what was going on in my personal life, like with, with, with my wife and kids, and vice versa. Right? Like we we did holidays at his house um, when 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 his when the twins were little, and my wife and I didn't have kids, and they knew we really wanted to have kids, and we couldn't have them. And so, you know, I don't know if they really said, "Hey, man, like this is why we need to have them over." But the house was open, so we could be over there and have family in Arizona and stuff like that. And that just goes a long way with people, dog, because sure. there's a there's a real human there. It's not just somebody that's that's uh, you know, using you for their quest to a championship, if you will.
0: Sure. I mean, that's that's great to hear. You did say that like you know, we talked about this uh pre pod where he is a guy that you'd like to get a beer with and just chill and hang and watch yeah. soccer with. Yeah. You know, the the NBA coach grind ain't that. It's not it's not that, especially during these uncertain times. How is, how is Steve going to adjust to that of just every day? Like, you're not going to be able to like, yo, man, this, this Tottenham game is coming on. But now I got to pour over this film. <laughs> what
1: you know about Tottenham, bro? What you know about the Hotspur?
0: My first soccer game and was in Nashville, Tennessee mm-hmm. at a friendly. I think it was between Tottenham and
1: FC Barcelona. Oh, that's a good game,
0: though. It was fire. Yeah, but that's... It, so I know a little something about okay. Tottenham. Okay, I know okay. that's his
1: favorite team. That is, um, dog. I don't, that's the, I don't know, four year, however many million dollar question. I ain't see the deal, but it is, it is a different way of life for, for anyone, not just Steve. Like if you haven't been on your MBA grind as an assistant and being groomed to do that, that's going to be a real change of a way, a way of life. Um, I, I think that Steve, not unlike Steve Kerr or anybody that would be coming out of non-basketball to hop into that. You've got to be prepared for that. You've wrapped your mind around that already. And you're, you're the type of person that's going to dig in and grind on whatever it is you put your mind to. So I think he's going to be fine, but it is going to be a really, really, um, different way of life. And look, I sit here with you now. Like I've, I've been offered NBA gigs before, like, you know, I've, you know, it, it, did, it didn't fit my lifestyle. Like, it just, my kids are at an age where, you know, I've said no to them in the past because I know, having been in Cleveland trying to be an executive for a year, that this isn't going to fit my lifestyle. You're essentially marrying the club and the players become your kids. Well, I, at the stage of life my kids are in, like, I can't trade that for an NBA yeah. gig, you know? Were you? Were have you been offered? I'm roles just in a- saying. I've been offered NBA gigs in the past. Like, it, I mean, this summer. Like, and and I, you know, I just it's not. I'm not ready for that.
0: You over here bucking back, like, you you know what I'm saying? If you, I answered like you don't your know, question, Listen, no. like, you don't know that I'm a journalist and that I have to ask these questions. Like, you ain't been <laughs> an NBA vet. He over here like, well, I told you. Like, bro, I got to ask a follow-up. Come on. What are we Go talking away. about? What are we doing? Like, you know what it is. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Raja. It's true. This is true. I chose you, sir. I chose you.
1: You know what I'm saying? Okay. I chose you. I chose journalism.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um... I think the biggest thing, though, that is helping Steve, is that he has a built-in rapport with Kevin and Kyrie. They yeah. like him. That's going to go a long way. Um, and I think that, particularly with Kevin, because I can only speak on Kevin, because that's you know that's what I've been around. But Kevin, we're pretty close. Him and Kevin were you know worked out together, and Steve really helped him out in terms of how his game has changed, right? And and getting that balance and being in an all-around score, ironically enough. You know, Steve has been um, really instrumental in that. I think that's going to go a long way here. When you have buy-in from your two best players, and that's, pro- that's probably why this ended up happening, right? Because you have buy-in, and in their mind, they get the best of both worlds, that they get Jack Vaughn on the staff, and they also get a guy that both of those guys. Like, how important is that?
1: Super, super important to have buy-in from, from the top you've seen I've been on staffs excuse me like with with David Blatt where we didn't have buy-in from the top and my job was to go sit with LeBron and and ask him to to buy in and get his teammates to buy in so that we could make a fair assessment of whether David Blatt was a good coach or not so i know firsthand how difficult that can be when you don't get it i think the fact that um his relationship with KD is as strong as it is um couldn't have done anything but help in the equation i, I you know and i think you just referenced your experience with him and KD. I wasn't there to see that. I can only talk about the conversations I had with Steve and him telling me that he was working with KD a lot. Mm -hmm. I do think he's going to be really, really good for Kyrie. Mm -hmm. I think, I think he's the type of coach that if Kyrie is receptive to it, and I imagine he would be at this point because KD will endorse it. I think Steve can be really, really good for Kyrie and not just mentally and in a leadership capacity. um, But in a, but in a, Efficiency, because that's what Steve talks about a lot, right? He talks about like, you know, along with the balance and stuff like that. But it's efficient movements and streamlining, and I think that I think that's gonna be great for Kyrie also.
0: See, well, Kyrie, it's the wrap on him at least is you know that we've talked about this before. With the Celtics, get better when he's not there, right? The the, the Nets, statistically speaking, get better when he's off the floor, but. Kyrie is such a great talent, man. He's so
1: good. What kind of coach does he need to fully unlock? I, okay, so I've I've had this conversation as well. I think that Kyrie needs someone who validates like Kyrie as the human being, the person and sure. his and his opinions as a player and a person. Like he has to feel like he is in invested ownership. Like he mm. needs that. He also has to have someone um who talks to him on a personal level. Like this, this is I don't just see you as the brand Kyrie that can do all the fantastic things on the court. I, I see you, Kyrie, the human being, yeah. right? And I care about you. I think then when you build that relationship Kyrie, with Kyrie, he becomes way more receptive to what ultimately good coaches have to do, which is hold you accountable, tell yeah. you when you fucked up. Even if it's brief and I don't have to harp on it because I know you know, different players respond to different type of criticism. But I got to show you on this film, dog, you didn't do that right, and we can't have yeah. that. But I think yeah. once you establish, like, the personal relationship with Kyrie, that you're in much better place as a coach to be able to hold him accountable and get him to do what you want him to do. Um, I also think the pairing of a star becomes really important with Kyrie. Like, you know, and and... But I mean, also, though, like, he did get paired with a star... No, 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 no. But I'm, but, but, but I'm saying like the type of personality that the that his co-star has is really important in the equation, right? Like you, you, you can't have a dude who's preaching at him, kind of like I think LeBron's leadership style is, which is like, this is how I do it. This is how we win championships. Everybody's gonna get in line. We're gonna win a championship. Even if it works, I don't think Kyrie's super receptive to that.
0: I feel like Kyrie is the person that. He wants you to at least understand him on a real level, right? Yeah, and understand the things that he does, and understand his background, and you have to build in a respect. You can't talk down on him, right? Well, facts. So let's get some predictions. What do you what What do you think is a win for these
1: eighty two and zero? Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Go ahead. My
0: bad, bro. I'm just
1: bugging. Okay. I'm bugging.
0: Bro. Like. Kevin ain't even going. to... I don't even know if does Kevin play eighty two games. Does Kyrie even play eighty two games? Like, there's we talked about load management on the last pod. Like, that's not going to happen, bro. I got you. Go ahead. Um, what are what are reasonable expectations for these Nash Nets?
1: It's a good question, bro. Um, I mean, I have to. I I don't mean to sound cliche, but like you 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 have to be thinking at minimum Eastern Conference Finals in your first go around in the Eastern Conference. Like that's 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 where I'm at as a floor for the team. Again, partly because of what you have, and then partly because the East just seems not really ready yet all the way. Just my opinion. Like, good teams, again, but nothing that would, like, scare you off of, like, we can't. You know what I mean? Even the Bucks, who we thought were world
0: beaters, are or, pro- are, you know, in the process might get, they're on yeah. the wave to getting swept right now. Yours
1: truly was very wrong on that. They were I, they were my finals prediction. Like I I, I They just, were mine too. <laughs> I know. I, I listen, I don't know. What where do you stand on that? Like, do you think, okay, so are we gonna how long does Steve get to not win a championship, but be like Eastern Conference? Like how long you give him before I give before a bigger like, question.
0: How long does he want to stay? It's fair. Right? It's fair. I'd say whoever the coach was had to be. Had to, it's either Eastern Conference finals or bust because you have Kevin Durant on your team, you have Kyrie Irving on right. your team, you're in Brooklyn, you made this big splash in free agency last summer. You're going up to play, it's it's between you and Giannis. Well, you and hopefully Giannis, because you know, Giannis has been catting off right now. Giannis yeah. has not been playing, Giannis's team has been underperforming, and I'm sure we'll get to that soon if they keep fucking up in the playoffs. But it is Eastern Conference or bust right now. Year one. year 1. Year 1. You need to win a title during this run. You need you need to at least be in the finals game 7 something like that in the second year at least. I'm with you on that.
1: You have to. Finals or bust year 2. Um, provi- provided there's health like if you know if there are injuries and shit like that mega injuries like you can't predict that, but. Four four year deal,
0: Raja. How long yep. does does Steve last? You want, want me to while you marinate on that? Can I can, <laughs> I can I can I just say that? I, go yeah. I, I'm gonna say I don't know if he goes four years
1: uh, by his own like uh, on his own accord or like he don't. Make I think the four on his years. own accord. I just yeah. you
0: know like I just don't I don't know man like it's you know I mean the World Cup is this year is popping man I want to go, <laughs> Raja. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, I we're <got> <laughs> about to fuel in the jet right now. You oh ready? You in? God. Slide through.
1: That's my guy. I think he's going to make the four, Logan. Um, okay. Only because I haven't ever known him to to quit anything. Sure. Um, I honestly... I don't even know if Steve knows if he's a lifer at this. Even if he's really, really good at it. Because he's just a dude that has a, a lot of interests. In.
0: Seems like a chill dude to kick it with, man.
1: He's a great dude to kick it with, bro. Like, but But on just some... Low key, like you could have a beer and just like, I don't know, like we met him down at his hotel and his wife and the kids came down and his dad and mom were there and I took the family. We just went and sat down by the pool and had beers. You know what I mean? Like there's just chill, like good dude to kick it with. But I think he makes it to four because I've never known him to quit. And then I think he reassesses and decides whether it it fits with his family life and and it fits with what he wants to do big picture um, in his life.
0: Okay. All right. Steve Nash, coach of the Brooklyn Nets. NBA head coach, Steve Nash. I'm still getting used to that. Let's get to some, let's get to some, let's get to some quick playoffs. Let's get to some quick playoff reactions. The Rockets won game seven Mm. of the first round over the Thunder. Listen, we had, you're not on social media. You probably got a telegram or a fax or something like that about this. But like before this game, we was getting these jokes ready for the Rockets. (laughs) You know, Westbrook has not gotten past the second round without Kevin yeah, James Harden. We we know his flameouts, um, in the playoffs. They they handled their business down the stretch, man. The, this the defining game. The defining moment of this game was a James Harden stop. Uh, how's that? How crazy is that? I low key was kind of juiced for him. <laughs> <laughs> because he was playing, he was playing like
1: he was playing like shit. So, okay, here's my question: Does the block was fantastic, great defensive play? I, the, the irony in that is 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 great for me. It does it does it outweigh though how poorly he did perform offensively? Yes, it does. It's okay. It does. It does, it does. Okay. because yeah. history
0: will not re- history won't remember that history will remember that block. Yep, down the stretch against the Thunder's the best player for the Thunder that night.
1: Against Lugans Dort, the best player for the Thunder.
0: He, that, that night, I'm saying last night. He was. He was, was, he was, not, he was, was he not? Was he no, not? Exactly, he, was 30, the, he, he had a 30 ball. He, he was, was the player of the game for the he Thunder. He was
1: cashing, yes. yes.
0: I, I go back to Game 7 of the, of the uh, 2010 Finals. Kobe shot like Logan Murdoch. And <laughs> Steele was the defining player of that, of, that, of that game. You know what I mean? So you can
1: have a bad shooting night if you get all those other things. Sure. Kudos to the Rockets. Kudos to the Rockets. Um, let me let me ask you a question because I know where we're going. I know ultimately okay. where we're going. Okay. We're going to get okay. into this argument, but where are you on Mike D'Antoni? I don't mean to make this pot all about the people I stand up for, but like you just threw the lob so you can stand up for D'Antoni. I had a little bit of beef that it was the Mike D'Antoni head on the chopping block after Game Six, and and not really like the the James Harden. It seemed to be Mike Mike D'Antoni and Russ Westbrook. And I like James Harden, but I thought he was skating. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm keeping it a hundred. I thought he was skating on the criticism.
0: I think that it's bigger than D'Antoni in this sense because you know it's new ownership. They've shown that they're not committed to this man. Of course, of course, speculation is going to come that he's going to get fired or he's yeah. it's his fault, especially during that time. Um, this is the this is the probably the second greatest run of Rockets history other than those title years, right? Right. I don't right. think that's hyperbole. Nope. But I don't think that Dan Tony's gotten a fair shake over these last two years anyway. I mean, he's gotten them to the conference finals. This was the best. This was the best. You could say this was the best, second best team of this era in the Western Conference behind the Golden State Warriors. They were the only team that stuck out their chest to the Golden State Warriors. Right. I just think that Dan Tony should get a fair shake, a fairer shake all the way around um, for what he's done. But I mean, you know, he might have earned criticism, but I, I think that it's James Harden. You're right; James Harden should have gotten a little bit more of that criticism. Um, but he played his ass off, and I don't know. This might be the last go around for this iteration to go of the uh, Houston Rockets, to be honest. No matter what
1: happens, yeah, I think you're probably, I think you're probably right on that. Uh, and not that Mike should be absolved of any like responsibility. I'm just like, I felt like him and Russ were carrying the brunt of it, and and James was kind of. James was kind of skating on it, but I agree with you on the on the like you can't roll out with this small ball like lineup. It's not. It's just not. I mean, if they win a championship, Logan, like I mean, I don't think any of us think that they're going to win it. But if they did, maybe. But anything short of that, and I think you have to go ahead and try to really figure out what your what your roadmap is to getting where you want to go.
0: All right, there's the other side of this. Mm -hmm. CP3 was talking cash shit after Game Six, and rightfully so. Yeah. There was a chance down the stretch for him to do, for him to make good on his promise. There was a foul off ball at the end of the game. Anyone could have shot in that free throw. This is where we're about to fight. Mm Me and you, Roger. There was a a foul off the ball. Anyone could have shot the free throw. He's the leader of the team, the best player on the team. Why is Danilo Gallinari shooting a free throw instead of Chris Paul who was who
1: talk cash shit. Yeah. Okay. So look, we we don't have to fight, but we probably Here's all I'm saying. If Danilo Gallinari shoots all of your free free throws, like your technical fouls and all of those shots, you don't get at a character at the end of a game and put Chris Paul at the line just because he's your best player. If Danilo shoots all of those free throws. like You don't do that. As much as you want Chris Paul to back up his shit talking, that's not what you do, dog. Like The person who shoots those free throws shoots those free throws. Now, if Chris Paul is a 50-50 participant in those free throws, then yeah, he should have stepped his ass up there and hit the free throw. But I don't have the answer to that. So my argument is if Danilo usually shoots those free throws, then you don't throw Chris Paul on the line in that situation. No and you got to tell me you.
0: otherwise. I, 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 have a, I just have a question for you. All right. We're on the... 2006 um, Phoenix Suns, right? You're cooking, you're balling. Yeah. Late game situation. You're in this situation and they call your name to shoot the free throw. No disrespect. But Steve Nash, a Sli- little bit. Ha- little bit. Okay. Steve Nash is a future <laughs>
1: Hall of Famer, sir. Right. But here, that's a bad analogy because guess what? Steve Nash was the guy that shot every free throw for us. So he he that was his role. So it wouldn't have been if I was the design, all right. If I was the designated technical free throw shooter because I shot 97% through a whole season in game seven of the finals, if there was a technical free throw with seven seconds on the clock, guess who goes to the free throw line? I do because I shot 97% and I'm the designated technical free throw shooter.
0: Listen, man. Listen, check this out, Roger.
1: Wait. By that logic, you would send like you, you would I'm send saying, Shaquille if, okay. O'Neal to the free throw line because he's a Hall of Famer and he should be shooting the last shot. That don't make no sense. I'm
0: put. I'm put. I'm sorry, man. I'm putting Kobe on the line. If if what's this, if if we're doing, you know what I mean. We're talking about a, a guy. That, okay, here's another. But
1: Kobe one. was the free throw shooter, though.
0: Was but he Kobe not? Deman- Kobe demanded to be the free throw shooter, though. That's that's where the issue lies.
1: In every instance. In every instance.
0: Maybe not every instance. Derek Fisher might have shot a couple technical free throws, right? Like, if it's in the middle of the game, right? But with the game on the line, bro, we talk about this all the time. With the game on the line, your best player has it. LeBron is a high 60% free throw shooter. With the game on the line, I'm not giving it to Matthew Della Vadova. I'm giving it to LeBron James when he has for the free throw. I'm doing it. That's what it is. He is the best player on the team. You sh- as the best player on the team with all your accolades, you demand to get on the free throw line, especially after you talk cash shit for, you know what I mean? You stuck your chest out after game 6, right? He st- did 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 he or did he not stuck he his did. chest out after he, he game 6? He did. Six? I can't
1: defend that. He did. Right?
0: <clears throat> and then he goes into the and then we talk about the final play uh, of the of the of the
1: season. And the play is called for Danilo Gallinari? Danilo Gallinari? First of all, I'm not going to let you gloss over the fact that you, first of all, you call Chris Paul LeBron James. And then secondly, you compare Della Vadova, and I love Delhi to to Gallinari. Gallinari and Della Vadova are not in the same stratosphere as, as scores, right? They're not even in the same breath. So, like, if you're telling me that Chris Paul and Danilo usually split the duties of shooting free throws. It could go either way. And they're relatively the same percentage free throw shooter. I 100% agree with Logan Murdoch. Then Chris Paul should have got his ass up there and knocked down a free throw. If there's any, like, my point is this: significant Raja. difference between them as free throw shooters, and it's Danilo's job, then you got to let that man shoot the free throw.
0: My point is this, man. You are the, nah. You taught Cash. that you were the best player of the team. You are a future Hall of Famer. Danilo. Get the hell off the free throw line. I got this. And then to go on the final stretch and then let Danilo get the last, get a play called for him for the last shot. And then you go and say, all right, bet it's cool. No, that's not cool. That is not good when you are a future Hall of Famer. This this is the team that traded you away after you had 27-11-6 in a Game 6 closeout and and was one of the best players on the floor last year against the Warriors. I can't argue with any of that. Yeah, you're right. Exactly.
1: You can't argue with any of that. (laughs) But, But I can argue with what we were talking about. But none of that has anything to do with shooting a free throw. Like that? It does, it?
0: No, it no, no. It has everything to sh- with to do with shooting a free throw. Here's what I want when you to All do. this is on the line, and you say, "Hey,
1: bro." This team cut me, Logan. Murdoch. I'm the best player on this floor. You're telling me that if you have a 65, you would let Giannis go to the free throw line at the end of the game? I would no. I would want. This is the point. Well, uh, Roger. No, that's not the point. I would want. No, no this is the it's point. Not the point. I would want. What's no, not I would, what you would want. It's what you should do. So I'm saying you would put Giannis on the free throw line instead I would of want Chris Giannis Middleton. To say, if those three free throws were available to anybody on Milwaukee last night, you'd send Giannis up there.
0: I would want Giannis to say if because Giannis says he has the Bomba mentality. I would want Giannis to say. Respectfully, Chris, get the fuck off the free throw line. Giannis better
1: mamba his ass to the back of the line, shooting sixty percent from the free throw line. I know the that.
0: game is on the line. I want these free throws, and I want this moment. This is my team.
1: I hear you. Want, I know. I, I can dig the mentality, and I don't have a real good answer as to whether or not like Danilo shoots those versus Chris, or you know, I, I don't know. But I'm with you, and you know what? Maybe even more of the indictment, like the last play of the game when he kind of got bottled up on the right wing, kicked it to the corner and then you got the cross court skip to to Lugan's dort. Well, you could pull you could have pulled that out and even if you lost your dribble and you kick it to the corner, like you're supposed to immediately pop back to that wing and show big hands, two hands like yo, me back. Yes. To me. I need that. And he didn't do that. And so I, you know, I feel you. And this is
0: a guy, right, that is not done well in the postseason, has not lived up to that moment historically when they when it's on the line. No. So that's all I'm saying is that yeah, the numbers suggest that Danilo should be at the line. You are the best player on the team and you are a future Hall of Famer.
1: I can't I can't be mad at you for that.
0: Get I off the get off the free throw line. That's all, right. all I'm
1: saying. <laughs> all right? Bad, said, do you right. I'll I'll concede. Although again like i think i provided some pretty good arguments as to why you I don't, don't think purely you on the best and I would tell you if you did. Mm.
0: you did i don't think you did i don't know all right man well this has been the emergency podcast on the ringer nba show uh, be sure to check us out on spotify and wherever you get podcasts we'll see you i think next monday because something what i didn't know we were going to do this we might we might see you sooner than that i mean i don't uh, i don't
1: know i might have to field a f- couple phone calls i had some some Look like Brooklyn numbers coming in real quick.
0: All right, as at the moment we're, we're we're here. We'll see you guys next Monday. But we you never know during this NBA season. We'll see you guys next time.